0: This is Charlie Stumbaugh, the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, Colorado. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to subscribe for our weekly content to encourage your faith. Let's listen in as Pastor Matt brings the message. Hey friends, so glad that you're tuning in. I hope this finds you well. We're going to be picking up again here where we left off last time in Ephesians chapter 5. Starting with verse fifteen, now Paul has been in all of this. He's been talking about growth, right? Life um, application, practical life application for us as believers. And Paul continues on in this today, where we're going to be um, looking at. And today, really, what we want to look at is is a real significant area in our life where we can grow, where we can experience. Change and it revolves around the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe that the Holy Spirit is very active in our life, that He is speaking to us daily. And Paul digs in a little bit here and looks at what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how that plays out in our day today. And that's what we want to dig into for just a little bit. So if you have your Bible with you or or your handy dandy Bible app, I do want to invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter five, starting in verse 15. And Paul says, so be very careful how you live, live wisely, not like fools. I mean that you should use every opportunity you have for doing good because these are evil times. So don't be foolish with your lives, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. I love that in verse 17. Learn what the Lord wants you to do. And what we're about to see here in verse 18 is an essential part of our Christian faith, our walk with Christ. And it involves the Holy Spirit, the the third element of the Trinity, Verse 18, he says, so don't be drunk with wine, which will ruin your life, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, he says, encourage each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music with your hearts to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, once again, we see Paul is listing Um, His have and have nots. He loves to draw a clear line between who we once was and who we are today as followers of Christ. And we should have on display in our life, he says, you know, wisdom looking for opportunities to share the goodness of God with others. What we should not have present in our life as a believer are the characteristics of our sinful world, such as drunkenness and things that bring about destruction in our life rather than praises unto God. And Paul is clear about his instructions. He, he says the wisdom of God should be our guide right to doing good. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 says, God's law is perfect, turning lives around. His words are reliable and true, instilling wisdom to open minds. Now, I I love how the Message Bible actually um, puts this and looking at verses not just 7, but 7 through 9 in Psalm 19. The The Message Bible says, the revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The direction of God is plain and easy on the eyes. God's reputation is 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. The decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. Now, the wisdom of God will lead us to a life filled with His Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit is a continuous journey. You know we believe that once we are filled with the Holy Spirit that he resides in us. We we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 where it says, "You should know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit that you receive from God and that lives in you." The Holy Spirit is in us, but it It is a continuing relationship that we should not be neglectful of, and Paul is speaking of a lifetime pursuing the spirit of God, seeing the evidence lived out in our daily lives you know i have a I have a tattoo on the back side of my right arm and it 's of a tribal flame Now you might be asking why would you have a tribal flame tattoo on your arm well it 's because in the Old Testament. In Exodus 13, we see that God led the Israelites by a cloud by day and fire by night. In Acts chapter 2, we see fire once again representing the Holy Spirit as, as people were filled in the upper room, it says, and they began speaking in a heavenly language with this fire resting on their heads. The Spirit of God was represented as fire in Scripture many times, so I have this tattoo as a reminder to myself that I am now the temple of God, and his spirit lives in me. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, it says, God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you, so your new life should be like this. Show mercy to others. Be kind, humble, gentle, and patient. Don't be angry with each other, but forgive each other. If you feel someone has wronged you, forgive them. Forgive others because the Lord forgave you. Together with these things, the most important part of your new life is to love each other. Love is what holds everything together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ or let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. It is for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body, and always be thankful. Verse 16 says, let the teaching of Christ live inside you richly. Use all wisdom to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Everything you say and everything you do should be done for Jesus, your Lord. And in all you do, every, you know, give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Paul just gave us this same instructions that we find here in Colossians 3. He just told us about this in verse 19 of Ephesians 5. Now, it's important for us to understand that the Bible uses reputation as a teaching tool. Scripture uses reputation to highlight significant events And themes. That's why we see um, the topic of love talked about so much in Scripture. And last week, I noted in my sermon how the characteristics of the Holy Spirit parallel the description Paul gives us of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, and again, we see the same parallel, this repetition in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, when Paul tells us to be kind and humble and gentle and patient. Again, qualities found in love and in the Holy Spirit. Paul's highlighting significant virtues that should be present, present excuse me in the life of a believer and in the life of someone pursuing the infilling of the Spirit of God. Now, when we we are full of the Spirit of God, we let the peace of God govern our thinking and the teaching of Christ live inside of us abundantly. Again, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul even tells us once again that, that we should let the teaching of Christ live inside us richly. When we are filled with the Spirit, we are full of the words of Christ. We live a lifestyle that reflects the characteristics of the Spirit of God. And when we pursue the Spirit of God in our lives, it continually changes us. American evangelist Dwight L. Moody who lived from 1837 to 1899, said, The work of the Spirit is to impart life, to implant hope, to give liberty, to testify of Christ, to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things, to comfort the believer, and to convict the world of sin. Jack W. Hayford, who is a, a pastor and an author, he's renowned in the, the four-square denomination. He once said that Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, yet when the Holy Spirit comes, he is loaded with packages. He desires to release much more in us and through us than we could ever imagine. These gifts are given for delivery, not accumulation. The idea of allowing the Spirit to guide and empower us to live life at its best. And we can read in Acts chapter one that Jesus told his disciples to wait for the gift of God that would give them, that would come, you know, before. Going out and fulfilling the great commission which we, we see him give us in Matthew twenty eight. And in verse in verse eight of Acts chapter one, he says the Holy Spirit will come to you and give you power. Power to do what? Power to continue the work of Christ by sharing Christ with everyone in our words and in our actions. So what does a life filled with the Holy Spirit look like? Well, simply put, I believe, it's, I believe to be filled with the Holy Spirit means that we, we are filled with Christ. Right? It means first to be filled means that I'm giving over control of my life to God. I'm letting Jesus drive the car and I'm not and, and I'm just along for the ride. I'm not trying to do the driving anymore. Right? It's turning over control in my life to Christ. It's asking him to take the lead and being willing to follow. We cannot fully live in the spirit if we have not fully given Christ control. Over in our life, giving him complete access to every area of our life, every thought, every intention, every plan, every action. It is surrendering our will, our wants over to Jesus, understanding that that when we do this, that we're trusting that God is going to look out for our best as he guides our life. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. Talking about the characteristics of the Spirit here. He also, Jesus continues, he says, he also trims every branch that produces fruit to prepare it For even more. Now, in verse four, he says that he says, No branch can produce fruit on its own. We cannot achieve this life in the spirit on our own. Says that we must stay connected to the vine. He says, It's the same with you. You cannot produce fruit alone. You must stay joined to me. And Jesus goes on in chapter 5, and he tells us that if we stay connected to him, if we're giving him complete access, complete control in our lives, that we will produce plenty of fruit. Jesus, again, echoes this a few verses down, this sentiment in verse 8, saying, Show that you are my followers by producing fruit much fruit. Being filled with the Spirit, living life orchestrated by the Spirit is not something we can produce on our own. We must be connected to Christ to achieve the life we were created to live. We must give God complete access to our life to live out our best life. But let's be honest, giving up control is not always an easy thing to do. We have been trained to be the master of our life, to have absolute authority over what we do and say. To give that over to someone else is very challenging. It shouldn't be that difficult when we give control over to God, but it is. We still find ourselves trying to hold on to things in our life, trying to control areas Of our life. It's ingrained in the brokenness of humanity. And the biggest struggle to live a spirit filled life, I believe, is the issue of control. Who has control in your life? Is it God or is it you? There's a a gentleman, one of our deacons in the Summit campus, who he told me the other day that God had. Um, as he was spending time with God, that God had posed a question to him that I think is really a question for all of us. And the question God is asking is this. It says, do you live a natural or a supernatural life? That's the question. Do you live a natural or a supernatural life? Are you trying to make it on your own? Trusting in your natural self? Or are you living a supernatural life surrendered to the Spirit? As I've been thinking about this question, I believe the distinction between the two revolves around control. Our responses to God must come from a position of surrender, not a position of control. But to do that, we first must be spending time with God. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. We need to be intentional about the time we spend with God, reading his words in the Bible, spending time in conversation with him through prayer. And that should be something that we do on a continual basis. Our prayer life should be a continual conversation with God. Yes, we should make time to sit down and be still and pray. Know God. But throughout the day, God will bring things up to us. It's a conversation, right? As we're driving in the car, as we're doing our job at work, while we're listening to music, while you're listening to this podcast. God's going to prompt you. He's going to nudge you. You're going to know the Spirit talking to you by the time we spend with God because we're getting to know who God is. And prayer is literally a conversation with God. It doesn't end because our specific prayer time is over. We don't have to wait for the prayer time at the end of a Sunday service for us to talk to God. It should be a habit that we form where we are constantly talking with him throughout the day. That we are hearing from him by reading the word of God. And I believe that God should be the first person we talk to in the morning and the last person we talk to before we go to sleep at night. And friends, if we are running low on wisdom, it's because we're not spending enough time with God. If we lack understanding, it's because we're not spending enough time with God. If you if 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 our first response to people is not love and mercy and grace, it's because we're not spending enough time with God. Regardless of what they might have done or said, regardless of their lifestyle choice, if our response to people comes from our brokenness and not from God's goodness, it's because we're not spending enough time with God. We are filled with the Spirit when we spend time with God. We are also filled with the Spirit when we align our hearts with God's heart. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, watch over your heart. Diligently guard it because from a sincere and pure heart come the good and noble things of life. What we think is directly connected to the heart, what we do and say is directly connected to the heart. Our relationship with God is based on the condition of our heart. King Solomon understood the impact our heart has. In our life, since our heart impacts everything we do and say, our top priority needs to be its protection. And we can make sure our heart is right and protected when our heart is aligned with God's heart. We don't have to worry about corruption getting in our heart when our heart cares for the things that God cares about. We don't have to worry about responding negatively when our heart loves the way God loves. We don't have to worry about evil coming out of our mouths when our heart stores up the good things of God. Our heart is our life source. What we allow in is what we will allow out. The Spirit of God guides and directs He empowers us when our heart is aligned with God's heart. Do you want to live a life filled with the Spirit of God? Then, friends, you need to spend time with God, and you need to align your heart with God's heart. As you reflect and respond on what God is saying to you today, again, we believe that God is speaking, the Holy Spirit is, is talking to us. Sometimes we have to, as, as Psalms told us, we have to be still, right? And listen to what God is saying. But as you reflect and respond to what God is saying to you, you need to ask yourself this question. Who has control in my life? If the answer is God, then give thanks and honor to the Father for that and continue to grow in the Spirit. But if your answer is that you are still holding on to control, even if it's in one or two areas of your life, then I would ask a second question and say, and ask, what are you going to do about that? Friends, when we find ourselves in opposition to the will of God, And when we are not living filled with the Holy Spirit, friends, we're not living in a right place with God. So when we find ourselves there, we have an opportunity in that moment, in this moment, to change direction, to turn the car around and surrender to Jesus, letting him start driving, giving him complete access, complete control over your life. Friends, is there areas that you need to give God complete access to? Is there areas that you need to say, I no longer want control of this. I'm giving this over to you. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? And what is your response going to be? And friends, honestly, maybe your answer is that you're listening to this. You've, you've been invited by um, somebody that goes to church at Cornerstone or a friend has passed this link to this podcast onto you. And you're like, if I'm honest, Matt, I don't really have a relationship with God. Maybe for you, you need to start by committing your life to Christ. Maybe over time, you've, just, you've noticed that you've slowly turned your back on Him. And friends if that's you you can make that change today. You can ask God to take control in your life, surrendering your will to him and starting a new life with him today. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 tells us that we need to repent of our sins, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and that God who loves us so so much will give us the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide and empower our life. But it has to start with the control. And friends, if that's you, if you're like, I need to commit my life to Christ today, I want to do that today. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. You can just repeat it wherever you are, whether you're driving in your car, sitting at home in a coffee shop. Man, it doesn't matter if somebody hears you. Let's proclaim this with with joy. Let's proclaim this this gift of salvation that God has so freely given to you. If that's you, if you want to make this prayer, say this prayer, commit your life to Jesus, I invite you to do that now. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I have lived a sinful life. My choices have separated me from having a healthy relationship with you. I don't want to live that life anymore. Jesus, I repent of my sin and I ask you to take control in my life. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me a second chance. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit to help guide and empower my life. I surrender who I was to you, and I accept this new life with all the excitement in the world and commit myself to living the life you have shown in Scripture through Christ. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you, if you've prayed this prayer, I want to invite you to reach out to one of our campus pastors. You can reach out to me. I am um, the campus pastor for our Summit Campus. You can reach out to Pastor Jason. He's our our campus pastor in Leadville. We're we're both since Charlie, Pastor Charlie's on sabbatical. We're both helping out in Buena Vista and Salida. I know that I'm in Buena Vista at least once a week. And friends, if you made this prayer, I would love to meet you. I'd love to connect with you. Call our church phone. Um, You can look on our our website, cornerstonechurchco.com. You can find that information. You can find my email, however it is, but please reach out. Let us begin a relationship walking through life together. And for all of us, friends, let's not let this be our first conversation about the Holy Spirit living in us, being filled with the Holy Spirit how that's changing our lives. Let's start a conversation. Let's let this message seep into the very marrow of who we are. That, God, I don't want control of my life. I've tried that before, and man, I've ran myself off a cliff, but I'm giving control to you. Or maybe it's like, God, there's one area I want to turn over to you. Friends, let's let the Spirit of God guide and empower our lives. Let's spend time getting to know God. Let's make sure our hearts are aligned with God. Friends, thanks for tuning in today. I really pray that this this podcast has been a blessing, is a blessing to you. And I pray that God's peace and his hope would rest in your life, in your situation, in this moment and that he would continue to grow in you and change you into the woman or the man that God created you to be. Friends, I love you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing day, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good day. Hey, we are so honored that you are with us today. Remember, subscribe to the show and check out our website at cornerstonechurchco.com for more resources.